Coming up on today's Locked On Golden Gophers, it was a big weekend for Minnesota football. Two Gophers drafted in the first 75 picks of the NFL draft and the future of Minnesota on display as well at the spring game. We'll talk about all of it right now. It's a Monday edition of Locked On Golden Gophers. And welcome into the program, Nate Dickinson with you. Monday and every other day of the week here on Locked On Golden Gophers. We take weekends off, but Monday through Friday, we get you everything you need to know about the Minnesota Gophers that you may have missed over the course of the last day. Coming up on today's show, we're talking spring game, we're talking NFL draft, but first, we're talking about Locked On Today. You can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Our show today is brought to you by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Again, we're talking draft, we're talking spring game today, as we've got plenty to discuss from over the weekend and go for sports on today's show. But first, let's get into everything you may have missed over the weekend that happened in Minnesota. Of course, the spring game was over the weekend. We'll talk about that later on. Team Maroon ended up taking home Goldie's Cup. I think it was 24-17, the final score. Uh, I wasn't paying that much attention to the score itself in the spring game, but it was a one-score game. We'll get you the final if it wasn't 24-17 in the next segment. But Maroon comes out on top, and we're going to talk about it a whole lot later in the show. So, moving on. A pair of Gophers went in the top 75 picks in the NFL draft. We told you that at the top of the show. It's the first time it's happened since 1978. Two picks out of Minnesota in the top 75. It was, of course, Rashad Bateman on Thursday, number 27 to the Ravens. We talked about that on Friday. And then on Friday, Benjamin St. Just, number 74 overall to the Washington football team. As he goes at the start of that third round to Washington in a spot that some people were criticizing a bit, him going that high, but we'll talk about St. Juiced later on in the show as well. In other news from over the weekend, some other Minnesota ties to players from the NFL draft. Former Becker star Dylan Radunes was picked in the draft, and the North Dakota State star ended up going to the Titans with pick number 53 in the second round. Also on the diving board, Sarah Bacon earned a spot on the Team USA 3M synchronized Olympic quota at the World Cup. I don't know what all of those words mean, but she's going to the World Cup, and that's good. Elsewhere, Amir Young finished 23.21 over the weekend at the M-City Classic in the 200, and Bethany Haas finished the 5,000 meters in 1541.98. Those are both Minnesota records in those events, and again, The M-City Classic wrapped up over the weekend. And finally, former Minnesota basketball player Trey Williams has found his new home. It'll be, not Oklahoma, Oregon State. Oregon State, the team that ends up taking Williams in. And we say goodbye to another Minnesota Gopher player. In Gopher scores from over the weekend. Baseball team at Maryland this weekend got swept all three games. 6-3 to three was the final score in the final game on Sunday. Again, the team swept in all three of those matchups over the weekend. And the women's rowing team was at the Dale England Cup in Indiana. 
they finished in second place in all races they went in against Indiana and Michigan State, the two other teams who were there. Indiana, a number 10 team in the country, Gophers at number 14. Minnesota finishes just behind them in order of ranking in the races over the weekend as well. That'll just about do it for everything that's going on right now in Gopher Sports. Nothing to report for today in Minnesota sports as far as games going on later this afternoon. There was more that happened over the weekend too, and we'll get you to the more important stuff later on. But that's just a look at what was going down yesterday in Gopher Sports. Again, there was supposed to be softball this weekend and yesterday as well. The softball team's matchups against Wisconsin canceled because of COVID-19 protocols. Well, we'll get you right back here in just a minute on Locked On Golden Gophers to talk more about the spring game on Saturday. Who stuck out? Who are some of the shining stars for the future of this Minnesota football program? We're going to talk about all of that in just a minute right here on Locked On. Now that you know everything you need to know about the Minnesota Gophers, it's time to take that knowledge and turn it into cash. We're talking about betonline.ag. Now, for everything out there that there's lines for, you can bet on any of it over at Bet Online. They just sent us, by the way, I believe 40 to 1 the odds on Rashad Bateman to win Offensive Rookie of the Year next season. They had 1,600 or 16 to 1 odds. Check that. Plus 1,600 is the line for the Gophers, or I'm sorry, the Ravens to win the Super Bowl with former Gophers star Rashad Bateman. So if you think that Bateman will have a nice little breakout rookie campaign or that he'll follow in the footsteps of Tyler Johnson and Antoine Winfield Jr. in winning Super Bowls out of Minnesota. You can bet on both of those things over at betonline.ag. And you can do it with free money too. Go on over to the site, sign up for an account, and use our promo code Locked On for 15, or I'm sorry, 550, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% added on to whatever you put in your account on your first deposit in right there for free at bet online thanks to us here at locked on so again use our promo code locked on when you make an account and then go ahead and make some money at bet online our place to go for all of our sports book needs Welcome back into Locked On Golden Gophers. Nate Dickinson with you here. It was a big day for Minnesota football on Saturday and Friday and Thursday for that matter with the NFL draft. But we're going to talk about Benjamin St. Juiced later. Right now, let's get into the Gophers who are still going to be on the field for Minnesota come the fall. It was the spring game over the weekend. The first chance in 518 days for fans to come out and see Minnesota Gopher football in any sort of form. It wasn't a game. It was hardly a scrimmage and there were a whole lot of trick plays to go in with it so it was at least some fun and a whole lot of people 10,000 of them got to get their thirst quenched for Minnesota Gopher sports because again it's been a while since they've seen really any sort of major Gopher sports live so they got to the spring game on Saturday and they were able to see a Gopher team that I think looked overall pretty good but Again, you have to remember that's the goal of these spring games to an extent in front of the fans is to make everybody look good and we saw a whole lot of that throughout the game, reminding us of it. Uh, basketball hoops brought out beforehand, meant to entertain for some reason. I don't know. Uh, trick plays throughout the entire game that you know aren't likely going to be called ever throughout the course of the season. Maybe once, less likely now that they pulled it out in a spring game where 
I mean, the goal, the trick is to make sure nobody is seeing what you're doing before, right? And if you're doing a trick play in the spring game, I don't think those are the trick plays that you pull out during the regular season. But hey, I, PJ Flex proven me wrong plenty of times before. Maybe he'll do so again. But it was a reminder throughout, I think, that this isn't something that's supposed to be taken all that seriously. Uh, I think people will look into it what they may. And I think the people who are reporting on this kind of stuff, the guys who are at the games, do a really good job of sifting through the stuff that isn't like real substantial things, getting rid of all the fluff and trying to take away like, all right, what can we actually learn from these games? So uh, let's get into that. What were the people saying were the things that stuck out this weekend? What did I think stuck out just from what I saw? And I got to start with the passing game because it was one, one of the biggest questions going into this spring game. Not only who would be the guy to replace Rashad Bateman on the outside, inside, everywhere, because he did it just about everywhere, but also how did Tanner Morgan look throwing to the guys who now are no longer either Rashad Bateman or Tyler Johnson. Chris Ottman-Bell's really good, and he's going to be that number one guy this year. But I think everyone understands that when it comes to him being a number one compared to Johnson or Bateman being a number one, there's more of a question mark about whether or not he's ready to step into that role. In part, just because he hasn't had the kind of targets and snaps that you need to step into it yet. Again, that's not his fault. He had Bateman and Johnson in front of him these years. But I'm interested to see what Chris Ottman-Bell does this season. I was happy with what he did over the weekend. And we knew he was going to be the top guy, so it's not surprising to see him do well in this spring game. But he caught some long passes. Tanner Morgan looked good in delivering them to him. I did don't like the criticism behind the idea that he may not just have what it takes to be able to be a number one for Minnesota. I think he can. I think the question more is, will Minnesota be able to surround him on the field with other weapons for Tanner Morgan to throw to so that defenses aren't just collapsing on Ottman Bell all the time? Because he's the obvious number one right now. There needs to be like an obvious number two, an obvious kind of over the middle kind of receiver back kind of thing that it is not there right now. It needs to get all the pieces put together, but I think that Chris Ottman-Bell can be that piece that you build around as far as passing weapons go. Some people have been questioning that about him. I personally don't. I think we've seen enough from Chris Ottman-Bell as far as the flashes go to suggest that he'd be able to step into that role when given it this season. But I'm just worried about like, okay, now that Chris Ottman-Bell is going to be the Rashad Bateman of this team, who's going to be the Chris Ottman-Bell of this team next season? You know what I'm saying? Like, who, who's the complement to Chris Ottman-Bell? Because it was really convenient up until now, right? Tyler Johnson had Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman had Chris Ottman-Bell. And it was a pretty definitive line down. Now it's kind of question marks all around. Who's the next guy after those three? And it's a good problem to have trying to figure out, all right, who's going to be the next star receiver after we've had three in a row? But it is still a question that Minnesota has to answer, and I don't think we got any sort of answers over the weekend in the spring game. There were a lot of guys who looked good, but I, again, P.J. Flex said, none of these kind of starting jobs that are up for grabs are going to be decided right now, and it was maybe never more obvious than with those wide receivers because you had guys like Daniel Jackson and Michael Brown-Stevens and Lameke Brockington, Clay Geary, doing well, sticking out. Brady Boyd, another one. He stuck out as a freshman. People were calling out his name afterward. But I didn't see anybody really, really jump out to me as, oh, this is the guy. 
we didn't see Dylan Wright at all, the Texas A&M transfer, which is big. I would have loved to have seen just what, what P.J. Fleck is thinking about like how you're going to use that guy. So not having him and the combination of that alongside just a, a big spread out kind of display of receiving in the spring game, P.J. Fleck I don't think really showed a lot of his cards as to who will be the guy behind Bateman. You can make your own judgments as to who looked the best, but I was really looking for more of, all right, who's going to get those kind of snaps? And I had a hard time discerning from that. I don't think that PJ's ready quite yet to either put a guy there or let us know who he's thinking of putting there. Either way, we didn't see a whole lot. As far as the other questions we were asking going into this game, I think one of the big ones was, which Tanner Morgan are we going to get here? Is this the 2019 Tanner Morgan that led this team to double-digit wins? Or is it the Tanner Morgan of 2020 that was still looking good at times, but just was not the same player that he was in that big, big special season? And the thing is with Minnesota, that is, with Morgan, you need him to have a kind of special season for the team to be able to do anything really big at all. And we, again, the spring game isn't meant to answer these questions. So attempting to answer them with the information we got is foolish. But just looking at the line, 9 for 17, 148 with a touchdown, he looked fine in a game that isn't supposed to challenge him too much. So he checks off the boxes. And while we weren't going to get those answers today, I do think it was really good to see him connecting with Ottman Bell so well. Those two have connected on long passes throughout the careers of both. But again, just seeing Ottman Bell being able to pull down those big ones is obviously always good. But I just was so, so wanting more, at least more information. I don't think you can want too much more out of the game itself. It was exciting. Again, trick plays. People are having fun. I thought the product that was put together by the school was very good. But I don't think a lot of my football questions were answered out there. Because one, they weren't supposed to be. And two, this is just kind of an exhibition. Um, other things I had just written down, I wanted to know who are going to be the guys who replace those Gophers who were leaving. We've talked plenty about the receivers. I won't go more into that. As far as the cornerback spot, again, I don't know exactly who to look for as far as like who to replace Benjamin St. Juiced. I don't do as good of a job with that kind of defensive stuff just off the eye test anyway. So I, I don't want to dig too much into stuff I'm not an expert on. The same goes for the offensive line. Like people were saying after the game, the offensive line looked really good. This offensive line could be the best in the division this season. I like I believe you. That looks great, but I don't like know enough about offensive line formations and things. Like obviously the guy gets through, that's bad. If the offensive lineman pushes them forward, that's good. And I can understand missed assignments and things like that. But as far as just like what makes a good offensive line aside from a great offensive line, I'm not your guy. So I'm not the guy who's going to talk about that. So as far as the things to ask smarter people later, like the things to ask later guests this week on the program, as far as like who replaces Benjamin St. Juice back there, the defensive backs, defense in general, obviously we'll still ask about. And then my other question, just kind of with that offensive line, why? Why is it so much better right now than it was a year ago? I mean, I know some of the answers on paper, but I really want to know, like, what was it seen in the spring game? So we'll mark both those down, put those in as questions to ask smarter people later in the week. Coming up right after this, we'll try to talk 
a little bit smarter. We're going to get into Benjamin St. Jude's drafted by the Washington football team on Friday. We already chatted about Rashad Bateman on Friday's show, so we'll skip Bateman. He'll have plenty of time for the limelight. Talk Benjamin St. Jude's in just a minute, right here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. And while PJ Flex trying to build himself a solid football team, you need to build yourself a solid, healthy diet to go along with your workout plan too. And Built Bar can help you be that kind of supplement to make sure you're getting your protein without getting any of the stuff you don't want that some of these other protein products have. Built Bar has honestly all the other stuff that all the protein products has. It has the top of the line latest in all the, I don't even know what to call it, uh, protein lab mixing stuff together stuff. Whatever it is that they do to make the stuff so good for you, it's got all of that. What sets Built Bar apart is how good it tastes. These people are putting together flavors that are crazy. All right, they're straight up crazy. If you go on the website and you see some of them, you're going to look at it and say, why would anybody eat that? But there's also going to be a couple that you'll see and you'll think, gosh, I've always wanted to try that. I've always wanted to try that one combination. So go on over to Built Bar right now. Find out what your particular combination is. For my mother, it's the coconut brownie flavor. She saw the wrapper, said ew, ate it, said where are more, and we, we, we got her more. We got her more. People at Built Bar are good to us. But go on over there now. Find your flavor that is your coconut brownie. And when you do end up making an order, trying one out, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. We'll be right back here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Welcome back into Locked On Golden Gophers. Nate Dickinson with you here every single weekday as we do it with you, giving you everything you need to know about Minnesota sports. We're going to end the program to start off the week talking about Benjamin St. Juiced and then also a little bit of a new thing we'll try out. A little Monday mailbag. Follow us on Twitter at LO Golden Gophers. I tweeted it out yesterday, said, hey, if you got any questions for the show, we're going to try this thing out, see if anybody bites. And we did have some biters. Well, a biter. So we'll, we'll chat about things later on about what you want to talk about to end our show on a Monday. And again, follow us at LO Golden Gophers. You can follow my personal Twitter, too, at Nate with Sports. But if you want to take part in this little Monday mailbag thing we are going to try out, go on over to at LO Golden Gophers. I'll tweet out a just same thing, a little question prompt. Say, hey, what questions do you have for the show on Sunday so then we can have it for our shows today? So be on the lookout for that. Let's start, though, with St. Juice to the football team. Benjamin St. Juice, number 74 overall, drafted by Washington at the the near start of the third round. St. Juiced had been projected out as a third to fourth round pick. Some people said he'd go as late as the fifth. Very few people thought he could even climb into the second, but it was the third, fourth round kind of range that we were waiting for Benjamin St. Juice to go. And he goes again pretty early, number 74 overall to the Washington football team. So what does this mean for him? What does this mean for his production immediately in the NFL. And then, of course, what have people been saying about it? And we'll start there because, as I mentioned in the last segment, there's been a little bit of a criticism on St. Juice being picked at this spot, but I'll just kind of clean that off with the disclaimer of this is really only criticism against not picking somebody else, not criticism against Benjamin St. Juice. 
And this is the way it always works on the draft. Everybody has only positive things to say about guys. Like there's the 250th guy who gets picked. With the way that they talk about the guy, it would seem like he's a first-round pick. And you're just like, well, why was 249 other guys picked before this guy if he's so great at the end? The, The guys who are drafting and announcing things, they're intentionally only saying good things about the players. Obviously, it's their day, not the broadcaster or analyst's day to be happy. So you don't want to get picked and then have on ESPN people saying, oh, that's a terrible pick and all that. So people on the broadcasts are going to be nice. But afterward, the criticism was just that there were better people there. Again, nothing against Benjamin St. Juiced, nothing against who he is as a football player. That's not going to come on the day he's drafted anyway. But there was discussion about, like, were there better players there for the football team to take at that 74 spot? And those are where the criticisms of the St. Juiced pick come in. Nothing against him himself. But again, you don't expect that when this is the kid's first day in the NFL. He gets one. You get one day to be able to not be criticized in this league. As far as my thoughts just about the fit, I think with the football team, he has a chance to really be molded into the player that the football team wants him to be, whatever that player is. If you're drafting Benjamin St. Juiced, you're hoping that you can make elite speed to go along with the elite size that he has, right? Because if St. Juiced can be as big as he is, while at the same time being able to keep up with just about everybody in the NFL who's going to be on that outside playing press coverage, then he's a really, really good asset. Then he's an outstanding steal in that third round. But he's not there yet, right? So... With the football team, I think he has a chance where he won't be forced into a starting role right away if they don't want him to be. And he won't be forced to do things that the team wouldn't normally have him do, right? And this is, I guess, kind of where it teeters for me, is where is exactly the Washington football team looking to go, like, right away? Because that could affect what St. Juice does in his first year, right? Like, if this is a team that had been playing in the NFC East in a normal season. Well, all right, let's say if it was a team who was playing in a normal division in a normal season. The record that the Washington football team put up isn't good enough to make a playoffs. It's not good enough to think that you're going to be good enough to make a playoffs anytime soon. But the football team just so happened to make the playoffs out of that division with that record. And with the core on defense that they have right now, that young group of players that St. Juice gets added into, you have to start asking, okay, is this a team that's still building? Or is Ron Rivera going to try and go for something here right now, this year? Because if this was a team still trying to say, all right, one, two years, three years, we're going to be a championship contender, then you take that time and really mold St. Juice into the player we're talking about. And I think that Washington does that either way. But At the same time, that cornerback position is not very deep at the moment in Washington. It has players. It's got guys like Kendall Fuller out there. It's got guys who have played NFL snaps. But if Washington were to say, we want Benjamin St. Juice to be getting this NFL experience right away, they could easily throw him in there. If the football team instead would rather say, push deeper for a playoff run, and they think that somebody else makes them more playoff ready right now than St. Juice, then that's going to all affect his playing time. Obviously, he has a chance to prove himself in a training camp too. I'm not saying all this happens on paper, but just the way it looks on paper right now, I see the shape of Benjamin St. Juice's first season 
going much the way of whichever decisions the team decides to make as far as how competitive is this football team right now? How much are we going to go for it? And obviously, if in the middle of the season everyone's losing, how does that change? So a lot of questions to be answered about that Benjamin St. Juiced and everything around these football players for the Gophers who are going out. But I'm confident that Rashad Bateman's going to be really good right away. And I believe that Benjamin St. Juiced has the ability to be a really, really solid NFL corner if he's given the right environment. And I think Washington has that opportunity to give it to him. I don't know if they will. I think it has the opportunity. All right, we will really quickly get to this Monday mailbag as I promised it to you and I am running out of time. So we did have one question come in through our Twitter again at LO Golden Gophers, a user who goes only by the letter G tweeted in, what does the draft result mean for skill players for the Gophers? And gosh, that's such a vague question, isn't it? It could mean so many different things. So I'll answer all sorts of variations of this question, but next time be a little bit more specific as to what you're asking exactly. Um, What does the draft result mean for skill players for the Gophers? Uh, That could mean, what does it mean for the skill players that Minnesota has right now going forward? Like, Either what does it mean for them as football players or what does it mean for just like the units without those two? Um, as far as just without Rashad Bateman and Benjamin St. Juiced, I'm, the defense has enough problems already. It has a lot of players coming back, but the loss of the one body of Benjamin St. Juiced is going to be tough. He's obviously really good in playing in the NFL right now, but he, he's someone who wasn't playing a ton for Minnesota last season. Anywho, didn't play all the time and in the big scheme of things in the defense, losing Benjamin St. Juiced isn't the biggest problem still. So I'm not worried about that. As far as receivers go, we've talked plenty about that on the show already. I don't know. Well, I, I guess we do know who replaces Ottman Bell. We don't know who replaces or who replaces Bateman. It is Ottman Bell. We don't know who replaces Ottman Bell as kind of the number two guy and the number three option behind that. Uh, the question could also mean like for future recruits, what does it mean for just the skill position groups in general in the future of Minnesota? And obviously it always looks better having draft picks, especially for those skill guys, those guys who sometimes like being able to have that exposure and want to be able to be flashy, be seen on TV, be catching touchdowns, scoring touchdowns, taking away touchdowns. So for those kind of guys, It's obviously better to be able to throw that on the table. I think the big thing is being able to have that first round pick that you can sell as well in Rashad Bateman. Because like people get drafted out of Minnesota, but for PJ Fleck to be able to be like, hey, I had a first round wide receiver come out of this school. That's like something for him to be able to look at a recruit and say, we're back, man. Like this is legit. Not only is the team winning, but the players are eating too. Like This is a real deal thing. This is not a joke, and we're not selling you some fool's gold here. It actually ends up reading results.